Mr. Clerk, if you don't mind, uh, could you uh, read AB 2449, please, to allow for remote participation by Councilmember Humbert? Yes. Uh, Councilmember Humbert is uh, intending to participate in the meeting remotely pursuant to the Brown Act as amended by AB 2449 under the Just Cause uh, exemption. In order to uh, participate remotely under this exemption, a quorum of the council must participate in person from a single location that's identified on the agenda, open to the public when within the boundaries of the agency and meets accessibility requirements. This, um, this requirement has been satisfied. Um, council member Humbert has notified the council of uh, his need to participate remotely. Um, and then uh, council member Humbert, uh, we just need you to briefly provide a description of the circumstances um, relating to your need to appear remotely without disclosing any specific medical diagnosis or other confidential information. And please also disclose if there is anybody age 18 years of age or older present with you in the room and what their relationship is to you. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Um, no, there is no one present with me um, in this room at all. Um, and I have some kind of a respiratory virus that I assume may be contagious. So it's more it's appropriate not to be there in pre in person thank you okay and to participate remotely councilmember humbert will be uh participating uh through both audio and visual um technology as required um so we have met those requirements and we can proceed thank you and also uh the mayor mayor again will not be here as well he is out sick yes So I will be officiating tonight as vice mayor. Uh, typically, I'm vice mayor out in the world, less so here in the, in, the, in the dais. So bear with me as we stumble through the litany. Um, it's a lot to do, lots to get right. And I may, I may make it up as I go along, <laughs> but we will get through it, I promise you. Uh, with that, uh, Mr. City Clerk, may we have the roll call? Okay. Uh, Councilmember Kesterwani. Here. Taplin. Present. Bartlett. Here. Harrison. Here. Hahn. Present. Wengraff. Present. Robinson. Present. Humbert. Present. And Mayor Aragine is absent. Okay. Thank you. And I do hope that our colleagues recover very quickly and are well very soon. Before we start to do With that, this being the first meeting of the month, we will read the land acknowledgement. Here. The city of Berkeley recognizes that the community we live in was built on the territory of the Huichun, Huchun, Huchun, the ancestral and unceded land of the Cho Chin Yo, speaking Ohlone people, no. uh, the ancestors and descendants of the sovereign Verona Band of Alameda County. This land was and continues to be of great importance to of the Ohlone tribes and descendants of Verona Band. As we begin our meeting tonight, we acknowledge and honor the original inhabitants of Berkeley, 
the documented 5,000-year history of a vibrant community at the West Berkeley Shell Mound and the Ohlone people who continue to reside in the East Bay. We recognize that Berkeley's residents have and continue to benefit from the use and occupation of this unceded stolen land since the city of Berkeley's incorporation in 1878. As stewards of the laws regulating the city of Berkeley, it is not only vital that we recognize the history of this land, but also recognize that the Ohlone people are present members of Berkeley and the other East Bay communities today. The city of Berkeley will continue to build relationships with the Lijian tribe and to create meaningful actions that uphold the intention of this land acknowledgement. Here, here. That is correct. Another piece of business here. I'll read the, the decorum statement. It's a very long statement. Please bear with us here. Uh, as vice mayor, I am the presiding officer of all meetings of the city council, my responsibility according to our adopted city council rules of procedure and order is to preserve strict order and decorum at all regular and special meetings of the council. As presiding officer, I have the affirmative duty to maintain order by enforcing the council adopted rules and procedural regulations of the Brown Act. Our rules of procedure outline our rules of decorum for members of the public. They are, no person shall disrupt the orderly conduct of the council meeting. Prohibited disruptive behavior includes, but is not limited to, shouting, making disruptive noises, such as boos or hisses, creating or participating in a physical disturbance, speaking out of turn or in violation of, of applicable rules, preventing or attempting to prevent others who have the floor from speaking, preventing others from observing the meeting, entering into or remaining in an area of the meeting room that is not open to the public, or approaching the council dais without consent. Recently, members of the public participating in our weekly meeting through the Zoom platform have used public comment as an opportunity to make hateful, racist, and anti-Semitic comments and address topics that are not the subject or even germane to the agenda item. This constitutes disruptive behavior under the council's rules and has the effect of preventing the orderly conduct of the council meeting as provided for in the Brown Act. It is my official duty under the city charter and our adopted rules to facilitate our meetings and enforce our rules of decorum. Therefore, any behavior specifically defined in our rules as being disruptive or which has the effect of disrupting or preventing the council from conducting its official business and the meeting proceeding in an orderly manner will not be tolerated. Pursuant to the Brown Act rules of procedure, I will issue a warning to the offending participant that their speech or actions are in violation of our rules and call them to order. If after a warning is issued, a continued violation occurs, I will order the removal of any disruptive participants from the meeting, whether they are participating in person or virtually. Our city strongly denounces hate speech and does not tolerate disruptive behavior in our meetings. We pride ourselves on a rich diversity of our residents. We are committed to creating a culture of belonging where members of our community feel included, safe, and respected. 
We ask for members of the public to refrain from making disrespectful and hateful comments. Thank you. Now on to ceremonial matters. So who has the, uh, we have a, a 50th anniversary of Ashkenaz. Who's got that? Uh, thank you very much, uh, Vice Mayor Bartlett. Um, do we have our executive director uh, uh, from Ashkenaz here? Okay. Um, well, we're going to proceed. Uh, I understand there's some emergency situation, um, and so I want to at least read this proclamation. Um, so, whereas Ashkenaz Music and Dance Community Center was founded by human rights activist and folk dancer David Nadell, who was tragically killed in January 1996, after which the Ashkenaz community came together to carry on his mission, raising funds to purchase the building and create a nonprofit organization. And whereas Ashkenaz brings people of all ages, cultures, and lifestyles together by presenting programs that include folk, world, and roots music and dance and providing a setting for community benefits, and whereas the center has become a nationally recognized nonprofit music and dance organization that has been an embodiment of the cultural diversity of Berkeley for 50 years, and whereas Ashkenaz supports and encourages local musicians and dancers as performers and teachers and provides a safe and comfortable atmosphere for people to learn, dance, and enjoy music together. Now, therefore, be it resolved that Jesse Adegin, mayor of the city of Berkeley, is pleased to celebrate Ashkenaz Music and Dance Community Center on their 50th anniversary for their outstanding work and commitment to providing Berkeley with a center that promotes peace and harmony and builds beautiful friendships. So I, I'm sorry that uh, the executive director, Sarah Travis, couldn't be here with us this evening due to an emergency situation, but I do want to recognize her. She is the newly appointed president of the Gilman District Association. Um, who has been forging partnerships with local Gilman District beer, uh, businesses, spearheading the annual, what we hope to be the annual Gilman District Street Fair, um, in addition to helming uh, this Berkeley institution, Ashkenaz. Uh, so thank you all very much. Thank you. Uh, is the city manager on the line? Yes, Vice Mayor, thank you. Um, I have no comments this evening, but thank you, Vice Mayor and Council. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, now moving on to public comments on non-agenda matters. So these are items that we're not discussing tonight that you want to talk about. Uh, and so we're going to go with the 14 cards we have in the room. So 14 speakers have already been pre-selected. Uh, so please approach the dais and let's talk about it. Okay. Um, so this is, uh, we're doing um, for non-agenda public comment at the beginning. We're only doing the in-person um, attendees. Um, if you wish to provide uh, non-agenda public comment and you're participating remotely, there will be a time for that um, at the end of the meeting. Um, so under the rules, each speaker will have one minute. Uh, I'll read the first uh, five names. Emma Martin, uh, Gerard Markham, 
Eid, Roy, and Yuli Padmore. So you can come up in any order. Yes. Is it? Yeah, it is on now. So I handed you three pages. The last one is about our business. You know, Thanksgiving coming, Black Friday is coming. Don't send Berkeley tax money to Best Buy and Emeryville. Send it, please. Really have to work on that. This is nonsense. Store empty for three years. Nothing. Okay. Now, the most important thing that came about today is Gaza. Clark murdered six million Jews in cold blood. Nobody didn't think about it. Nobody. Netanyahu now killing at least 1,000, much more when we go under the rubble. And not only that, we can see it on TV. Head of time, no TVs. Nobody doing something about it. There's only one man who can stop this genocide. That is Biden. Biden is going to end up to be called war criminal, just like, like Kissinger was. I am very unhappy with him. I, you see men and women carrying their babies, bodies in pieces, in uh, bags, shopping bags. That have to stop. You know, I was in two, two cases. Yeah, it gives me just another minute. Roy, my son had to leave, but he was called as one of the people. Uh, we have to express our opinion. The fact is, uh, Netanyahu is never a good man. He was losing his grip on Israel. He was a criminal. He was cheating his servants out of food stamp. Would you believe that? Let me tell you, I know far more. Hamas okay. were created by, by Netanyahu. Okay. Hamas was... Thank you. Not only that, give me another 10 seconds. Yeah. No, 10 seconds. Oh, my God. Uh, 10 seconds. Okay. Um, you make me stutter. The, the fact is, this thing was arranged. Uh, he was warned by the Egyptian intelligence, something very big going to happen. They ignored it. And it took the Israeli police four hours to respond. Something is wrong. Use your brains. I know you're very smart to be able. Right. Okay, the thank you. Part, part, part thank you. My letter to Robert Reich. Okay. Why, are, why is the U.S. economy screwed? You know why? Okay, because thank of you. NAFTA and CAFTA and all garbage from Clinton time and Reagan time. We had to correct that. Please let me know. Okay, thank I you. Also we got to move, we thank gotta move on. Thank, thank you, though. Thank you. Hello, my name is Gerard Markham. I would like to yield my remaining time to the retired um, animator, Roosevelt Stevens, who's also a member of our chess club at Telegraph and Hayes. Thank you. Okay. Okay. How are you doing today? All right, I'm here on here on here on behalf of the chess club on Telegraph and Haste. And I just want you to know that I really enjoy hanging out at the chess club because that's where I can sit and draw and I can teach art. And maybe play a chess a game or two. But the thing I want you to know is that this is really important for the chess club to be there. Because it's something that the community needs. 
because we had to shelter in place for a long time, almost for three years. And somehow we forget that we had to shelter in place. We had to wear masks. And we couldn't see each other's mouth. We, we had to read each other's eyes. We got really good at reading each other's eyes. But being at the chess, chess club is like breathing fresh air, something that we need, something that the body needs, that the human body needs to react to, because it's something that carries us through that what we've been through. The chess club evolved from the pandemic and all the other things that, that we had to do for the chess club. But another thing that I wish that we would get all the things that, that were taken from the chess club, we need to get that back. All of our personal papers, our chess sets, our chess books, all the things that, we, that was taken away need to be brought back. All of it immediately. And furthermore, that the chess club needs to exist because that's what the community wants. And they need that for, those, for their own selves and for the children. The children want it too because that's what they need because they have the social in place too. We need to learn how to gather around each other again. We need a chance to assemble because we have the right to assemble. And please do not take that away from us because that's what we need in order for us to breathe fresh air, to congregate and socialize and together. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm, I'm gonna refer the, the matter of your belongings that you mentioned to the city manager. Thank you. Hello. Everyone, my name is Emma Martin. I work at the Center for Independent Living here in Berkeley. Right before our city council meeting, we had an incredible coalition of disabled and unhoused community members and activists outside bringing attention to the health, safety, and accessibilities that have been plaguing the Pathways Dare Center since it opened in 2018. We're bringing attention to these issues. And while the city has written a letter back to CIL saying they're addressing some of these ADA uh, issues at Pathways. We are here tonight with two demands. One, we are asking that the city manager's office provide and share widely an update to the community about these actions with timelines taken to address the health, safety, and accessibility issues at Pathways. We also want that update to include their current plans to address their current plans to convert pathways from a series of modular trailers to tiny homes. We're worried that the health and safety and accessibility issues that happened before in pathways when it opened will happen again. And we would like a meeting with the city manager's office to bring disabled and unhoused community input into those conversion plans. That is a gift, not a burden, as the first city manager's letter made us feel. So thank you. And I'll just, I'll read the rest of the names right now. So we have Mary Bame Steinberg, Nagin Mossad, uh, Jay Brown III, Moni Law, Jesse Sheehan, Lev Marcus, Carol Morosovic, and Russell Bates. And also Yuli Padmore is still to, to speak. So any order. Hi, everybody. I read this interesting text just before I decided to come up here. So sometimes I read a text and I think, what a psycho. Then I press send. Um, 
it's good to be able to laugh at oneself. I think it's pretty good. I'm laughing all the time. Um, today I went to the 7th and Harrison where um, a process was taking place to rid the district of what is considered undesirable by the business community there. Uh, the unhoused who have uh, wound up living there because they had no other place to go. And what I saw today was uh, the union firefighters, the union public works, the union police department working together to oppress the people who are living there, to kick them out, to take their stuff, to make them feel like trash. Um, I tend to be unbridled, uncensored, and slightly unhinged sometimes. And I just really got angry at what was going on today. Uh, I think everybody, uh, Rashi, since that was in your district, I think maybe at one point, if you spend some time watching that happen, you might have a different perspective on things. And I will ask everybody, I'll, I'll end this in one second, if everybody whose district was having that happen to them was there when it was happening, you might see and feel differently than you do for him. Thank you. Thank you. And, um, and and please let's let's address our comments to the council as a body, not to individual persons. Thank you. I'm getting an extra minute from James Brown. James Brown. He got okay. called. So I wanted to talk to my city council, my elected body, about eleven thousand people that have been murdered in Palestine. Eleven thousand people, two thirds of them women and children. While progressive organizations and cities all around are passing condemnations of this genocide of the Palestinian people and demanding a ceasefire now, my city council is silent. We hear nothing but crickets. They were quick to show support for the Israeli apartheid state in, after October 7th, but nobody is speaking up for the Palestinian people in the body that represents me here today. People all over the world are marching. 50,000 people were in San Francisco marching against this genocide this weekend. There's a tone deafness, a disconnect with your constituents. These are the people that are going to these protests. We demand that you guys stand up for ceasefire. You speak about the genocide that is happening today, every second, every few minutes. Another child is dying under the rubble. Look at your own children when you go home tonight. Innocent children, mothers. Where do we stand on this? If we dare to speak about human rights again in this city and we don't take a stand here in this body, shame on you. Thank you. Good evening, Council and Vice Mayor um, staff. I speak in my individual capacity. I just read that in the agenda for the first time. If you're a city employee, I'm a city employee, work at the rent board, but that's not why I'm here. I'm here to thank you for your vote uh, over a year and a half ago for $325,000 for mental health services for youth led by Council Member Kate Harrison in my district which is also the district where a man fell to his death, a young man who died by suicide on April 18th. 
As a result of his death, this guide was created. Haley Coding, Ginger Boswell, Eva Adams, Lily Kung, Mary Calderon Sanchez, and Rose Hara were seniors at Berkeley High and friends of the young man. I assisted them in preparing this. I'm going to give this for the record, if I may, and they're going to send an electric copy for all of you. It's also in Spanish. Sadly, last night, I saw um, an alert for a missing student who was suicidal. I went out on the street to look for him. I found him at the same time that the police found him. He is now okay, and I hope he's getting help. And I'd like to ask you to do this. Ask the school, what have they done with the $325,000? I think nothing. I think they're creating a wellness center, supposedly, but I've not seen it. And neither have the students or their families. Thank you. And Moni, just uh, thank you for your service. Good evening, Council, Vice Mayor. Um, I would like to speak solely as an individual. Um, I'm a commission member, and these opinions are solely my own. But I would like to echo the words of Emma Martin from CIO and all the other activists that went out in front. We are tired of being ignored. We are tired of the virtue signaling. We are tired of the speeches that seek to invoke the ghost of Ed Roberts. Well, basic disability needs are completely ignored in this city. We've had not only problems with pathways, we have problems with dangerous housing that's been streamlined through. We have problems with a disability coordinator who will destroy people's medication on the street in an effort to force people into unsafe buildings and unsafe facilities. And that has to stop. There has to be oversight in this city. There has to be some kind of unsafe process that goes through to make this city safe for all of us. Because anytime, at any place, it could be one of you or someone in your family in the situation. And that also goes for the roads and the bike lanes, which the fire managers already said we have inadequate ambulance response time. It's going to get worse before it gets better. Thank you. Thank you. And as someone who does represent the, the Ed Roberts campus and the home of the disability rights movement, uh, I wanted to say that you would engage my office on these things. I can help. And uh, I want to refer these issues um, as they apply to the city manager. And that's that's Jesse Sheehan. Okay, got it. Hello, my name is Love Marcus. I'm going to pull up my notes. Um, so, in 1990, Congress determined that physical and mental disabilities in no way diminish a person's right to fully participate in all aspects of society. Yet, many people with physical or mental disabilities have been precluded from doing so because of discrimination. Uh, I'm a former employee of Alacosta, I used to work out of Ed Roberts campus, and uh, as part of my role there, I would take adults with intellectual disabilities um, throughout the city, wherever they wanted to go, as they learned to travel independently. Unfortunately, uh, for many of my clients, huge sections of the city were closed off to them because there was nowhere for them to sit without spending money. Um, we could travel to BART stations and a few blocks from those BART stations, or to libraries or other public buildings, but to many of the business districts, 
uh, or to many of the parks or to many of the uh, residential areas in the city, there was nowhere for uh, my clients to go. And so a program that was ostensibly designed to allow people to utilize uh, the services they had a right to wasn't able to accomplish that because they didn't actually have access to those services. Um, I've come here the last couple uh, sessions to talk about the chess club on Telegraph Avenue, and I'd like to speak about the benefit it, it provides uh, in terms of seating uh, on Telegraph. Other people have spoken about it before. I think that more importantly than the chess club, and in addition to the chess club, we need to have seating in all areas of this city where people travel. It's an ADA responsibility that I think that the city hasn't complied with ever since it took away seating on Telegraph in, in the 2016. I think some of the last benches were taken away. Um, every two blocks, there should be the ability to sit down and catch your breath. Um, and the fact that people can't do that and are, are, are essentially being trapped in their homes or trapped uh, in certain segments of the city renders them uh, disenfranchised. So I would just urge the city council to pass a law mandating public seating for the public. Thank you. It is just two names, Yuli Padmore and Carol Morosvic. Oh, okay. That's all right. Um, hello, so uh, I'm speaking in my individual capacity, although we're working on an encampment subcommittee uh, for the encampment policy. And as we approach this issue, it's clear that it's not a simple land use issue to arrive at encampment policy. There's just far too much of an intersection between land use, mental health, housing, and public safety issues. And we've heard from the unhoused, we've heard from residential community, and we have heard from the uh, business community. And it's very clear that there needs to be a policy that addresses all of the issues that are aforementioned, that there has to be coordinated continuous mental health supports provided uh, to the needed persons in the unhoused community, and that there has to be housing. And without that, we can't have a responsive and responsible uh, encampment policy established. Uh, okay, thank you. Thank you. That's all the names. So again, any remote uh, speakers on non-agenda matters will speak at the end of the meeting. Thank you. So uh, this is the time of the month where we invite our public sector unions to come address us. Are there any, any members of bargaining units here tonight? I believe we have one remotely, okay. correct? Uh, James Chang should be able to. Yes. Uh, hello, um, Mayor, um, Acting Mayor, Vice Mayor Ben Bartlett and uh, City Council. Um, 
My name is James Chang. Uh, I am the president of SCIU 1021 CSU PTRLA. Uh, I do work for Vice Mayor, Acting Mayor Ben Bartlett, but I'm speaking on as my union president's uh, role today. Uh, I'm here to report to y'all that we wrote two letters uh, to city's management. Uh, the first letter being that the SCIU 1021 CSU PTRLA leadership board and membership have decided to temporarily suspend meeting with city management until there is good faith movement on the following issues, the library worker hour cap, the PEPRA ramp down settlements, the meet and confer over COVID safety, the salary study showing legislative assistance 25% below standards, and grievances on new employee orientation, part-time worker, benefits, hazard paid, and more. Our, leader our leadership team feels uncomfortable meeting until those issues are addressed, are being addressed proactively. And we look forward to resuming meetings with management with full accessibility and transparency to our membership as soon as there are proactive movements on membership issues. We appreciate um, all parties' understandings, and we look forward to working with all of you in partnership in the most transparent and proactive manner to serve the city of Berkeley. And the second letter we sent is in regards to a letter that we uh, uh, delivered uh, uh, through our march to the city ma uh, manager's office in December 2022, and also a letter that was uh, sent um, with the 2023 petition, and that was also resent again recently in regards to the legislative assistant bargaining units um, demand in regards to the city's uh, prompt meeting and meet and confer regarding uh, the following issues. Um, the first one being uh, respecting our contract and avoid imminent layoffs by budget council offices equitably. Um, and the, the city is obligated to honor its contract, yet city management informed multiple offices that effective layoffs are expected due to insufficient budgeting during the November 2022 AO. We understand that there has been things being proposed, so we're glad that there is movement on this um, at the city council level, and we'll see how that moves forward. The, set, the, the, the other thing is to meet and confer over implement pay consistent with salary equity study conducted as part of the unit's um, um, side letter. Uh, city management uh, from the deputy um, city managers Cardwell's in response to our letter petition um, dated in March 8, 2023, um, showed a misrepresentation of the spirit of the letter that was written and um, because the city's salary equity study that the city put out themselves, the management put out themselves, uh, constitute a substantial, substantial change in working conditions and was further released in bad faith in late 2021 bargaining cycle. The city's own study showed that our classification was 25% below the labor market medium in 2021 prior to two years of the heightened inflation. Uh, the city we hope that the city can meet and confer with its labor's partner at any time, regardless of the contract cycle. The, uh, and then also we have the meet and confer to amend contract to retain staff and prevent uh, hemorrhage of union jobs. Um, because currently due to contract supervisors have been unable to promote aids, yes, city management has been able, unable or unwilling to meet and confer with unions. As a result, employees have either been pr promoted out of the unions not promoted or left the city entirely. Uh, we do just wanna say that there has been a lot of progress being made and we are very grateful that the city did respond quickly when we sent our letter out in regards to the um, 
the um, the um, seemingly um, misappropriated COVID leave, and we're glad that things are currently being reviewed. So with that, we definitely wanted to thank um, you, Acting Mayor, uh, Vice Mayor Ben Bartlett, and also uh, members of the City Council for giving us this time to let y'all know what's going on. So that way y'all understand why uh, we are currently not meeting with management in regards to the bigger issues surrounding, once again, the library worker cap, the pepper ramp down, the meet and confer over COVID study, the, the, the grievances on new employee orientation and part-time workers benefit hazard and pay and more. And then of course, more specifically in regards to what's, what's going on with the ledge A units. This month, uh, we wanted to highlight that. And just like how, just a reminder, last month, we also highlighted the library cap, which has, still has not been addressed. So thank you all so much and have a great meeting. And um, I know it's gonna be a long one tonight, so um, good luck. Thank you. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Uh, thank you. Um, I, I'd like to also take this moment to report on some, um, uh, a closed session we had on the 6th of November of this year, uh, pursuant to government code section 54956.9D2. Uh, we provide direction to outside counsel and approve the settlement uh, by compromise and release as to a workers' compensation matter, claim number BER 2200083. Thanks. So the consent calendar. Uh, I'd like to invite my colleagues to, what, oh yes, first off, forgive me, the litany again. Uh, very important, actually. We need to, I'd like to introduce this item for to excuse the absence of the mayor. Uh, the mayor is ill and is un unable to attend uh, this meeting. And we became aware after the deadline for publishing on the agenda. Uh, and the mayor is requesting the, that the council formally excuse his absence. Uh, is there a motion to accept this? So moved. Okay. Uh, calling the roll to accept the item, and this will be placed on the consent calendar. Councilmember Kessarwani? Yes. Kaplan? Yes. Bartlett? Yes. Harrison? Yes. On? Yes. Wengrath? Yes. Robinson? Yes. Humbert? Yes. And Mayor Aragon is absent, so motion carries. Yeah, excellent. Oh, please, God bless you. Please feel better. Heard that sneeze somewhere in the the digital sphere <laughs> heard that <laughs> feel better. Um, okay, consent calendar. Okay, I'd like to bring it back to the dais here. Let's hear. Let's see uh, who's up here. Okay, Councilor Tapley. Uh, thank you, Mr. Vice Mayor, and good evening, colleagues and community. Um, on item 16, that is the budget referral for the tide tubes at Aquatic Park. I would like to thank Councilor Harrison for allowing me to co-sponsor. Um, the city has many capital needs. Throughout, uh, there are many capital needs throughout the city, and this has been a top priority for my office. The more that we as a body can focus on the city's infrastructure needs, the better it is for the community at large. And on item 14, that is the resolution acknowledging November as Transgender Awareness Month and honoring the Day of Remembrance. I am pleased to add Councilmember Harrison as a co-sponsor and thank my colleagues for their support. Um, I do need to make um, an amendment to the third whereas clause. Um, as of three weeks ago, when I submitted this resolution, there were 19 lives lost to anti-trans violence. Unfortunately, that number has increased to 25, so I'd like to make that amendment. Thank you. Thank you for your compassion. Uh, Councilor Wingraff, I see your hand raised. Yes, thank you very much, Vice Mayor. 
I uh, would like to be recorded as donating $500 to the Berkeley Holiday Fund <clears throat> from my discretionary account. That's number 12. And I'd like to see if uh, we can move to adopt a resolution submitting them uh, the initiative petition on animal feeding operations, if we can adopt uh, number B and move that to consent to put it on the ballot. Um, in other words, we, we have two choices. We can either adopt the ordinance here at the city council, or we can vote to put it on the November 2024 ballot. And what I am proposing is that we vote to put it on the 2024 ballot and move it to consent. Is, is that okay? So, uh, Madam City Attorney, can you uh, weigh in on this one? Absolutely, um, Vice Mayor Bartlett. Um, uh, if I understand the request, they, uh, Council Member Wengraf wants to go with option two, which is not to adopt the ordinance tonight, but to send it to the voters um, and um, wants to move that to, to the consent portion of the calendar, which seems fine. Um, so I, I, there's no procedural okay. issues. With Are there any objections to that, I guess, is the question. All right. Anyone here have any objections? Councilmember Humbert? No objection. Okay, so essentially, uh, oh, is, there a, is there a second to the motion? It doesn't matter, okay. All right, so essentially for the audience, this is, uh, and we'll hear about this, you'll speak, I guess, at some point as well. Uh, but essentially, uh, there was a plebiscite, petitions were gathered, and people uh, brought to us this initiative to prohibit uh, concentrated animal feeding operations within the city of Berkeley. And the result of this petition, the successful petition drive, um, the council has an option to either uh, vote to place it onto the ballot, to, to, to codify it in law, uh, or to place it on the ballot with arguments, or just place it as is. And it appears as if the will of the council uh, is to place it on the ballot as is, as written by the authors. Um, so, Mr. Clerk, should we vote on this? Well, uh, no, if, if, if we'll there's a request to move it okay. to consent and there and there's the assent uh, of the of the council, then it can be moved to the consent calendar to be adopted on that on that vote. Okay. Um, and so that being said, people in the dais here will be able to comment on it at that point, and you in the audience as well will be able to comment. At the at that that at the point as well. Okay. The only remaining question with item 18 is is part two that um, the council may, if it wants to, designate uh, certain members of the council to file. Um, in this case, it would be an argument against the measure because uh, the proponents have the the sole right to to file the argument in favor. Um, so uh, if the council wanted to designate certain members to file an argument against, they could, um, but th the council does not have to do that. 
Uh, taking the will of my colleagues here, does anyone intend to file an argument against this measure? Councilor Wingraff? Well, I, I would suggest that um, that the appointment of people to write the, write the argument be made a, a later. Uh, this is not going to appear on the ballot until November 2024. So I think we have some time to do that, and I would prefer to wait for the mayor the mayor's participation in that decision. That's fine. Councilman Humbert. Okay. And uh, uh, Madam City Attorney, uh, I know there is some some work on your on your office uh, directed at this at this measure uh, to determine its um, its viability and its parameters. Uh, do you have any comments about this proposed action? Uh, no comment at this point. Okay. Thank you. Okay, so um, then I'd like to go to item number 19 um, and and see if we can move that to consent. Um, um, no, I'd like to keep that on action. Thank you. Okay. Uh, then I'd like to go to number 20, the recommendation on climate building electrification and sustainable transportation and see if we can move that to consent. Any objections? Councilman Humbert? No objection. And just to clarify that we're moving the policy committee recommendation to, to consent. That's, that's correct. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, so I think, I think that uh, takes care of uh, the action items. Uh, for me, uh, I would like to be added as a co-sponsor to uh, Council Member Harrison's Title II to budget referral. Yes, thank you very much, Council Member. Okay, Council Member Hahn. Thank you very much, Vice Mayor. So I wanted to quickly uh, just call attention to item six, which is reallocation of additional child care subsidy funding and just give a shout out um, to our child care providers who always are doing essential work, but did extra essential work during the pandemic. They stayed open and risked their lives to care for children so that others could go to work and take care of us. And um, I'm really glad that we have additional funds to allocate to them. Um, I will make a comment on item nine at the end. Um, item 11, United Against Hate Week, I would like to be recorded as giving $300. Um, also item 12, the Berkeley Holiday Fund, I'd like to give $300. Um, I want to shout out for the additional money for housing retention. I think we all know that um, with the lifting of the uh, ban on evictions during the pandemic, we have a small tsunami, luckily not as big as other cities, but we have a lot of eviction notices out. And it's extremely important at this time that we double down on our housing retention efforts. Um, then, so going to item nine, item nine is the appointment of Tanir Ami to the Board of Library Trustees. And as I am the um, council's 
designated trustee on that board, I wanted to welcome her, thank her for being willing to serve. Um, it was a grueling process. Um, I think, Vice Mayor, is it okay if she approaches? Okay, great. Why don't come up? So, Tanir Ami is a longtime public library enthusiast who grew up in Albany and has raised her family in Berkeley. Libraries are safe havens for many, and Tanir's view of the library as a central hub for the community to gather and access resources well beyond books aligns with Berkeley's values and vision. Her professional experience in nonprofit administration and strong focus on broadening services for underserved communities makes her a particularly good fit for her role as a trustee. I believe Tanir will be an engaged and helpful member of the library board who will support our library's excellence. And I want to encourage all of my colleagues to heartily support her appointment and welcome her to the board of library trustees and um, vice mayor, if she might just say one or two words, she's being appointed to one of our city boards. Uh, thank you. That was beautiful. Thank you. Uh, my name is Tanir Ami. I was going to wait till after the uh, <laughs> the consent vote, uh, but I just was here so that you all could put a face to a name and to um, thank you and to uh, just publicly commit to being a, a great steward for something I consider to be an absolute treasure and crown jewel of the city of Berkeley. So um, humbled to to serve in this role. Thank you so much. And your appointment will be made when we um, adopt the co consent calendar. Um, and lastly, I wanted to spend a moment um, bringing folks' attentions to item 17, which is my resolution supporting efforts to exonerate the Port Chicago 50. And I wanna thank my co-sponsors, uh, Mayor Adeguin and Council Members Bartlett, I'm sorry, and Vice Mayor Bartlett and Council Member Taplin. Um, the story of the Port Chicago 50 is one of bravery and the struggle against segregation and the fight for civil rights. In the midst of World War II on July 17, 1944, the East Bay was rocked by a huge explosion at Port Chicago near Concord. All 320 men on duty that night were killed, almost two-thirds of them black sailors. The disaster amounted to 15% of all black American military deaths during World War II, and that was right here, just a few miles away. The black sailors who survived, many of them injured and all of them shaken by the traumatic event, were tasked with immediately cleaning up the remnants of the disaster, including the remains of their compatriots and friends. While their white counterparts were granted survivor's leave to return home, heal their wounds, and see their loved ones. Just days after the disaster, the remaining African-American sailors were sent to Mare Island near Vallejo, to continue loading explosives under the same leadership, so-called leadership, responsible for previous safety violations and with no investigation and no changes to procedures, conditions, or safety practices. Rather than provide training, bring work conditions up to legal code, or reassign white sailors to loading duties, 
Naval leadership packed 258 of the black sailors onto a prison barge and threatened them with the ex with execution if they did not return to work. There, they were faced with one of the hardest decisions of their lives, return to work in unsafe conditions or put their lives on the land to stand against segregation and abuse in the military. While 208 sailors, African-American sailors, reluctantly, under extreme pressure, returned to work, 50 refused, and for that they were charged with mutiny, which at the time carried a maximum punishment of death. The trial and subsequent conviction of the Port Chicago 50 was a historical miscarriage of justice that we can never undo, but we must strive to correct it. The resolution recognizes the grave sacrifices made by these sailors to stand against racism, against the brutalization of black men's bodies, against dangerous working conditions and abusive bosses. It documents our city's support for the full exoneration of these 50 heroes. And I urge everyone to read the full item, which has a much lengthier history of an extremely shameful disastrous episode in the history of the Bay Area and of the United States. And thank you all for your support. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, Councillor Harrison. Thank you very much. And um, I wanted to give $250 from my account to the United Against Hate Week. Thank you very much to those who sponsored this. We need this more now than ever. Um, and also $250 to the Berkeley Holiday Fund. Um, I want to thank Councilmember, Vice Mayor Bartlett, I'm sorry, for co-sponsoring item 15, which is money for the junior jackets for violence prevention programs for at-risk youth. Very important program in our community, and I believe Councilmember Tappan had already co-sponsored that. Um, and then I wanted to uh, make one more suggestion about moving things to the consent calendar, and that is that I'd like to see us move 21B, the city manager's companion report for two health educator positions, to the consent calendar, which um, asks that we, we not fund this at this point. Having spoken about this at the budget committee, we don't think it's necessary right now. So I'd like to move that. Then I have some comments about some items. Um, first of all, I want to just uh, deal with the tide tubes very briefly, and we'll be hearing more about this at the Budget Committee and the Council. Um, we were shocked last winter during an atmospheric river deluge to see a mass die-off of marine creatures in aquatic park. In fact, our Director of Health and Human Services told me she didn't know it was part of her job to send dead sharks through UPS to labs to find out what had killed them. But we know what had killed them. What had killed them is the fact that the tide tubes are not working and the salinity is not proper in the in aquatic park. I want to thank Director Ferris for all of his ongoing stewardship of aquatic park. If not for your work and the the voters uh, passing Measure T1, we'd be even in a much worse position. And we wouldn't have not even inspected these tubes, which we now know to be failing. 
Um, it's more than just maintenance to repair these tubes. It's about preserving the beauty of aquatic park and ensuring its resilience in the face of climate change. But also when we fix the tubes, we're preventing a potential collapse at Interstate 80, a freeway many of us rely on for transportation and commerce. Um, let's not wait for inflation, structural failures, and environmental crises to complete these needed repairs. There is federal grant and state grant funding available right now, which expires in 2026. So we want to take advantage of that now and, and get this work started. So I want to thank Director Ferris again for that. Um, on item 20, it's clearly laid out the items that we thought were of most importance from the uh, Energy and now Energy and Climate Commission that have not yet been funded. Um, I just want to comment on one in particular, which is the Green Building Program Manager position. This position was first funded as part of the natural gas prohibition and reach code work, but has since expanded into various areas, including lead paint abatement, uh, reach codes providing more EV charging, the solar app implementation, that's an over-the-counter application for solar power, so you don't have to wait, and waste aversion. Um, all of these are really critical elements of our ability to meet our GHG targets. I don't want us to lose this position by waiting to next budget year to fund it or to talk about funding it, because by the time we do that, I'm afraid that the person will leave and we'll end up in a situation where this function is not carried forward. So I look forward to colleagues' support on that as well. Um, I wanted to just um, welcome uh, Director Ami to the library board and to ask that you and Councilmember Hahn look seriously at the issue of the what I think is a violation of the Fair Work Week um, in terms of the uh, denying library workers given hours so that they do not earn benefits by receiving more hours of work. It's both against the contract that they've entered into in SEIU and our Fair Work Week, which we so heartily passed last year. So I'm asking the two of you to really take that seriously and spend some time on that. Um, finally, I want to say a little bit about, about CAFO or CAFO, and I'm sorry, I don't know which is the right word. I want to thank everyone here tonight for their bringing this forward and to the greater Berkeley community for understanding the severity of this matter. Um, it is witness to it's the strength of our people uh, that you're here in this number. Uh, CAFOs have emerged as a significant contributor to climate change, emitting vast amounts of greenhouse gases, intensifying local, national, and global issues like droughts and wildfires, witnessed firsthand here in Berkeley and across California. Methane is a significant byproduct of CAFOs and is a leading greenhouse gas. These, are, these emissions are skyrocketing in large part due to unsustainable industrial agricultural operations. We've done a good job on all the other areas that we're looking at, not this one. Furthermore, CAFOs put excessive strain on water resources and result in water pollution. In addition to their environmental impact, CAFOs are a primary driver of biodiversity loss, altering landscapes and disrupting natural habitats. They present tangible threats to public health by breeding antibiotic-resistant bacteria and increasing the risk of infectious disease. Workers in the agricultural industry are largely impacted with, are largely impacted with data showing that CAFO workers are disproportionately showing signs of mental health-related illnesses. But moreover... CAFOs are largely um, there to generate profit at the expense of the animals that are kept there. CAFOs often house large numbers of animals in confined spaces, which leads to overcrowding and a lack of space for animals to move around or engage in natural behaviors. This causes stress, discomfort, and injury, as well as muscle and skeletal problems. CAFOs often lack natural light and fresh air, which can have detrimental impacts on the well-being of animals. 
We work extremely hard as a city, I think, all of us here, to be mindful of our natural resource consumption. But as I said, this is one area we've just really failed in. Um, of course, our city attorney didn't write this ordinance, such as the nature of ballot initiatives. Um, our role, as I understand it, is simply to decide to put it on the ballot, which we're doing tonight. Um, I am wholeheartedly support banning CAFOs in the city. Um, I'm looking forward to the city attorney providing an impartial legal analysis to the voters. Um, and I understand we don't have to decide on that analysis for quite, quite some time. Um, I will be voting yes on this initiative when it comes to me as a voter. It's the right thing to do for our environment, our workers, and our animals. Thank you very much. Yeah, Councilmember Humbert. Yes, thank you, um, Vice Mayor Bartlett. And I will try to keep my comments um, short since I don't have much of a voice. Sound a little like Andy Devine, but that's probably a reference lost on anyone under 50. Um, the first thing I want to do is welcome Alexander Moses to the Police Accountability Board. I really appreciate his willingness to serve in this important role. Um, so we're filling out that board and that's a good thing. Um, I wanted to be added um, uh, as a co-sponsor on item number 11, uh, United Against Hate Week um, this year. I had asked the mayor um, to add me. I, I see I don't show up uh, and I'm not sure, but, but he did send me an email confirming that. So I hope I hope I can be so listed. I'd like to, to give um, $300 um, to that effort out of my, my account. Um, as to number 12, I'd also like to give $300 to the Berkeley Holiday Fund. Um, through them, oh, item number 17 um, on the Port Chicago 50. It's a really important chapter in history. I'm, I'm really grateful to Council Member Hahn for lifting that up um, so more of us know more about it. It was a horrible racist debacle and, frankly, um, crime um, perpetrated by the United States government and um, something for which we can't, you know, we can't change what happened, but we can express deep, deep regret, and I appreciate that. Um, I think that's that's it. Thank you. Thank you, Councilman Humbert. Uh, Mr. Clerk, can we record Councilman Humbert as a co-sponsor to United Hate Week 2023? Perfect. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Councilman Robinson. Hey, good evening, everyone. First things first, I'd like to contribute $150 from my discretionary account to item 11, the United Against Hate Week, and $150 from my discretionary account to the Berkeley Holiday Fund, uh, and draw my colleagues' attention to those items. I'm sure if the mayor were here right now, he would make sure that everyone contributed. If you forgot, feel free to hop back in the queue. Uh, City Clerk, can you confirm for me, I hope I caught this right, that items 18, 20, and 21 have all been moved to consent? Yes. 
Okay, terrific. Then I have no further changes to request on the consent calendar, uh, but just really quickly do want to address and thank the members of the chess club on Telegraph that joined us tonight. Uh, as you know, work and conversations are ongoing to identify sustainable paths forward for chess on Telegraph, and there's a few different forms that that could take, so stay tuned. Uh, and thank you to Lev. I'm not sure if Lev is still in the room, but I really want to appreciate him drawing attention to the lack of seating on the avenue and share with you that there is a singular one new bench coming in on telegraph at telegraph and haste at the six bus stop that i asked to be ordered many months ago which is exciting but it's just one bench and that one bench will increase the number of benches on telegraph by 100 percent because there's only one right now which is wild we have a lot of work to do so thank you for drawing attention to it uh, that concludes my comments on the consent calendar thank you uh councilor kessler uh, thank you very much, Vice Mayor Bartlett. I'd like to be recorded as donating $100 to the Berkeley Holiday Fund and $100 to the United Against Hate Week. And I know that uh, the United Against Hate Week already is full, but I, I just wanted to express my um, interest in co-sponsoring that item, even though it's already full. And then I did want to acknowledge item number two is my appointment to the Police Accountability Board, uh, Mr. Alex Moses, who is here with his family, I um, wanted to invite him to to say a, a brief hello, if he'd like, if that's allowable, Vice Mayor. And that's all I have. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Uh, Council for uh, for that recognition. Um, there's a, a great national discussion going on today about the role of law enforcement in our country, but Berkeley does not employ a national police force. It employs a local one that is of, in, and from our community. And I firmly believe that to inspire trust between our peace officers that they protect and serve, that we need open dialogue and earnest collaboration. And I am grateful to live in a community that, that prioritizes these efforts through the Police Accountability Board and am honored to join the effort and, and lend my voice. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> and I guess Wingraff, Wingraff, your hand is still raised. Are, are you Please. No, I do. I, I neglected to do something um, in the first round. Uh, so can I proceed? Yeah, please, of course. Yes. Okay. Thank you. So I, uh, I neglected to say that I would like to donate $500 to United Against Eight Week uh, number 11. And I also uh, would like to make a slight amendment uh, to the resolution. I've discussed this with the mayor. Uh, and he was fine with the change. In the fifth whereas, uh, I would like to add, the number of hate crimes across the United States continues to increase with hate crimes against, and I'd like to add Jews and Muslims to that fifth whereas, because we have seen a huge spike, um, both against Jewish people and Muslims, and it should be included in this resolution. So if there are no objections, um, and I, as I said, the mayor agreed to this, I'd like to make that change. Absolutely. Thank you. And uh, Mr. Clerk, you recorded that change? Thank you. Uh, any other comments from my colleagues? 
Thank you. I would like to contribute five hundred dollars to United Against Hate Week and the Holiday Fund, respectively. Thank you. And thank you, Councilman Taplin. So I didn't have to harangue everyone here to <laughs> to kick down for the people. Uh, everyone has now contributed, uh, and now I will as well. Um, I'd like to contribute two hundred fifty dollars to United Against Hate Week. Um, I remember when we first came up with this. It was in twenty sixteen. After the 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 MAGA um, the MAGA invasion of downtown Berkeley, and we were confronted with what we knew was going to be the beginning of an effort to balkanize this country and to divide one another and to pit people against each other. And we saw it then; we knew it was coming. So we banded together, we raised money, we created this this campaign called United Against Hate. And it's spread all over the country from Berkeley in those few short years. And I'm proud to have been a part of the process. I'm proud to present um, my support for it now because we need it now more than ever. And I want to say for the record, um, we understand that we're going to a presidential year. I know for my colleagues are more concerned with the mayor's race, <laughs> but as a presidential race and as such, the forces will be arrayed against our people. You will see the likes of disinformation and fomenting of hatred like you've never seen before. So it behooves all of us to remember who we are, what we stand for, and to resist the urge to be divided and to stand together and recommit ourselves to brotherhood and sisterhood and otherhood and love. All right. Um, and we also should enjoy holiday parties. I'm going to contribute uh, $250 to the holiday party. Always a good time. Uh, please come down for the entire public. Uh, so 200 has been moved to consent. Okay, that's covered. Uh, I'd like to also uh, take a second to, to welcome uh, Tanir Ami uh, to the library board. Thank you. Uh, it was uh, some number of years ago uh, where I cut my teeth as an activist in town uh, with the New Libraries Now Coalition, where we fought to block these lawsuits that these bad people had done to block, to, to prevent the construction of these new libraries that we love today. And we had uh, 800 high school kids uh, do signatures calling for libraries. Who was who was around then? Councilman Wingraff, you remember those days? You remember that? Yeah. yeah, that was great. That was great. Libraries are important. They are temples of knowledge. And in Berkeley, that's everything. Mm -hmm. That's what we are. Um, and also I want to thank, while you're here, I want to thank the, uh, the activists the activists here who did the hard work of gathering all those thousands of signatures. Now, in this town, of course, again, uh, we love democracy. We believe in it. We are robustly, sometimes too robustly maybe. <laughs> but we, we believe in people's energy, and we support it. We have so many commissions because of it. You know, this is the one town you can, you can raise your hand, and someone, three people, will say, uh, yeah, how can I join you? <laughs> right. So the fact that you've done this is uh, really warms my heart. It's the, the Berkeley that I know, and it reflects the, the deepest core of my being, the values, uh, aggressively going for your dreams and your vision for this community. So I thank you and congratulate you uh, for a job well done. And with that, oh, please. Yes, I just wanted to quickly um, respond to something that Councilmember Harrison brought up regarding um, the um, questions at the library. 
about um, that that have been raised by SEIU. I just wanted to let you know that I've, of course, already reached out to them and meeting with them. But I also want to clarify that the Fair Work Week ordinance is not enforced yet, um, and that the interpretation of um, uh, our contracts and labor issues is actually at the city level. It is not at the library level. Um, I just want to clarify that the it's in the city manager and city attorney's office that um, those interpretations are being made. So, yes, meeting with them and wanted to clarify it wasn't at the library level. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> uh, and also, uh, before we move on, I just want to take a moment again and welcome um, Mr. A was it Mr. Alexander? Mr. Moses, Mo Alexander Moses. Right. There we go. Uh, Mr. Moses, thankful for you to join this. Um, our newly restored and newly renewed and re newly uh, rededicated police accountability board. Uh, Berkeley is, of course, home to arguably the first uh, citizen oversight board of police in the United States. And uh, really thankful for you to join. Uh, you have uh, a tremendous job ahead of you. And of course, you can look forward to this body and my office for your support. Thank you. Vice Mayor, if I could, I just wanted to confirm the um, contributions for items 11 and 12. Um, so for item 11, United Against Hate Week, I have Councilmember Hahn, 300, Councilmember Harrison, 250, Councilmember Humbert, 300, Robinson, 150, Kesarwani, 100, Wengraff, 500, Taplin, 500, Bartlett, 200? 250. 250. Okay. And then for item 12, um, at Wengraff, 500, Hahn, 300, Humbert, 300, Robinson, 150, Kesarwani, 100, Taplin, 500, Bartlett, two, 250, and then that's all that I have recorded for the holiday fund. No, for the holiday fund? Yes. 250, good, okay, thank you very much. Appreciate that. Thank you, Council. <laughs> the clerk was about to get on you too. We are <laughs> it's a strong peer pressure here. Uh, <laughs> okay, so with that, um, what's our next movement? Yes. Okay. So now, uh, any public comment on the consent calendar? Oh, and uh, th these uh, these people here are already in line. Let's let these two go first. Uh, no, no, the the gentleman in the yellow shirt and the person. Okay, thank you. <clears throat> Please. Do I have two minutes? You told me I had two minutes. Yes. Uh, this. Uh, tell me when to start. I'm watching a timer up there. When you're ready, we're this ready. It's directed to uh, Kate Harrison, who made the uh, uh, statement about the Port Chicago quote-unquote disaster. Um, uh, but remember our rules. Please, uh, you know, let's not, let's not point fingers at people. Let's address the body as a whole. Okay. I thought that, that you were the lady who's, who, who spoke about port disaster. Am I wrong about that? Excuse me. Uh, Sophie Hunt, District 5. 
My name is John Regan. My father was a fireman in Oakland. I'm a graduate of UC Berkeley, where I, among other things, studied uh, nuclear uh, physics. Um, the Port Chicago disaster, quote unquote, uh, was presumably actually um, the first nuclear test. It was a deliberate mass murder of those people. This is documented uh, by uh, uh, a man named Vogel in a, a magazine called Black Scholar, started here in the Bay Area. Um, I encourage you to read this. It was not a disaster, according to the, this documentation. It was deliberate mass murder of all of those people. This has been covered up. This was exposed in Black Scholar in, I think, about 1982 or 87. Thank you. Um, thank you. <laughs> uh, my name is Yuli Padmore. Um, I'm a member of the Contra Costa Bar Association's Port Chicago Task Force. Um, we are welcoming uh, folks uh, like uh, the gentleman who was just up here or whoever who are passionate about seeing justice for the men. Um, I want to thank you all for moving, and especially um, Councilmember Hahn, uh, for moving uh, this resolution forward. And um, the task force would like to thank you um, and the mayor, the city council for supporting local, state, and federal efforts to exonerate the civil rights pioneers and World War II sailors known as the Port Chicago 50. As we seek to honor the untold sacrifices and accomplishments our ancestors have made in our nation's ongoing struggle for racial equality, it's important that we shine a light on injustices of the past and work to correct those injustices whenever and wherever we find them. The resolution is vital to national efforts to celebrate our civil rights heroes who have been vilified for far too long simply for standing up against systemic racism. And for the families of the brave Port Chicago sailors and members of our community. This resolution goes a very long way. And so we thank you for that. Uh, just want to let folks know that ways that they can support, they can go to www.portchicago50.com and scroll down and it will show you, uh, direct you in ways uh, that you can support. I also want to close by thanking the Black Employee Collective, uh, my co-founder over here, Sabrina Pinnell, and um, another co-founder, Yolanda Burial-Light, who, who couldn't make it this evening. But uh, we thank you so much for this. It means a lot. There was a park named to honor those sailors, and I'll wrap it up. Uh, Thurgood Marshall Regional Park, home of the Port Chicago 50. If you have not gone, I highly recommend it. It's an East Bay Regional Park. And so thank you again. Excellent. Thank you. Vice Mayor and members of the council, Bob Dixon from the Holiday Fund. Uh, we don't normally come, but we had a meeting tonight and we said we need to thank the council for more than 110, 25 years of this and going on. Uh, it looks that we're going to be able to help about 1,500 Berkeley residents this winter. So thank you very much. It's very appreciated because it wouldn't happen without you every year. Thank you. Thank you for your service. So like one of the 49ers right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'd like to thank you uh, for 
uh, for you guys letting us be here on uh, 2019, uh, 23-21 and 23-23, uh, requested some funding for building or construction and rehab. And uh, because of the COVID and everything, some of the work got done, but most of it is still like having a part done and part not done, like having a car fixed, three wheels and one is bad, the car is going to be bad. So we're requesting now to, for additional funding and help. Uh, we have more senior citizens now than ever. The railings, stairs, windows, oh man, and everything else is still uh, shaky and everything. Uh, the people are older. That's why we don't have anybody. Normally, everybody will be here, but now everybody is uh, going through Zoom. Uh, so when you lean on the railings and you're over 200 pounds or less, there you go. Well, anyway, I just need I just need you to help us to keep the seniors to keep the things alive and keep them happy uh, because it's getting colder and we need somebody to help with the wall. This is a lot of lot of things, but I really want to appreciate the mayor because everybody that was here to help us. They're not here on the board right now, I don't think. So I really really appreciate the help you gave us. We want to continue to refix everything. Uh, just just pad everything up again. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Hi, um, my name is Suzanne Kim with the Northern California Land Trust. Probably never saw me without a mask. Um, <laughs> just, just here to thank you and um, thank you for your support for the one additional one point seven million dollar for Tenth Street. And I don't know if you were all around. Um, there, there was a KQED who actually came out and um, actually supported this project. The goal is to allow these, um, now, what he described as now elderly um, residents become homeowners of their units and to, to let them live the rest of their lives there. So thank you so much for your support. Um, the second thing I just want to quickly raise is that Woolsey Gardens, another project that we're working on, um, just want to let you know that we won the 2023 Mass Timber Competition. The USDA, um, we were one of five winners in the entire United States for this project. So thank you for your support. And um, one more thing. Last week, uh, we were awarded $10 million from CalHome for this project. So we are looking for continued funding. So we're going to come out and ask you for additional funding. But we just want to let you know that thank you for your support. Thank you. Congratulations. All right, I'm going to get a minute from my husband. He's giving me a minute. So um, here we are. It's United Against Hate time of year. And there's so much hate going on in the world right now. There's white supremacy. There's police killings. Actually, Berkeley PD killed somebody yesterday, I understand. Um, and we have COVID still, and we're in war. We're in war in, in Gaza, where over 10,000 people have been killed. Over 4,000 children have been killed. Children, there's so many babies and women pregnant that are being bombed on 
they've had generations of their decades, generations have lived with war, have lived with bombings, have lived with no water, no electricity, no medical, no free movement. You know, Berkeley is supposed to be united against hate. That means that you shouldn't be Zionist because Zionist, Zionism equals racism equals hate. And um, I know while I was on the council, there was a lot of um, hate towards Palestinians. And I hope now that you all can change your minds and open your hearts for the world, because the whole world is traumatized. The whole world is traumatized, not to mention the Palestinians and the children and all the families. Whole freaking families have been wiped out. Mothers, grandmothers, sisters, brothers, uncles, aunts, cousins are dead now. For what? Free Palestine, end the occupation. Do something, Berkeley. You did it once, you can do it again. Don't be afraid. Have courage. Richmond City Council passed a resolution to support Palestinians. I came from Oakland's meeting tonight because there were so many people there to make a comment, and we needed a comment here at Berkeley City Council where all the Zionism happens. So show up. I know, Mr. Bartlett. (laughs) I understand the rules. Show some respect. I am your elder. But and I am a former council member. Free Palestine. Do something, Berkeley. You you can do it. Thank you. Hello, um, my name is Almira. I live in Councilmember Hans District, and all of us are here to ask you to please reconsider and put this item 18 back on action and pass it tonight. There's two main reasons why this is actually an urgent issue. It's not merely symbolic. One is that horses continue to die at Golden Gate Fields. And we all know that Golden Gate Fields has said that they were going to shut down. They said they were going to shut down by the end of the year. They've now bumped that to summer of 2024. Who knows if they're actually going to follow through on that. And if you adopt it tonight, the resolution or the ordinance, sorry, goes into effect one year earlier than it would. And that could prevent many more deaths from happening if Golden Gate Fields doesn't leave, as they said they would, but keep changing their mind. The second thing that you might not be aware of is that we're also working on a similar measure to this in Sonoma County, where there are about 60 CAFOs, where millions of animals every single year are killed. And if Berkeley passes this tonight, you will set the stage for that ordinance to go through much more successfully come November because the Board of Supervisors in Sonoma County will not pass that directly, as you have the option to do tonight. Thank you. Um, Allie here is going to yield her minute to me. Thanks. So my name is Curtis Vollmer. Uh, I live in uh, Ben Bartlett's district, and I'm one of the um, sponsors on the measure. I'm also the president of Compassionate Bay, the nonprofit behind this initiative. And I wanted to give a little bit of context about this uh, because it can be confusing for some people. And one of the most common questions that we got on the street while asking this was, well, there's factory farms in Berkeley? It's like, well, yes and no. So with the way the EPA words words this and defines it, CAFO, the stables at Golden Gate Fields is a CAFO. The, The EPA only cares about 
the number of animals that are confined and the amount of waste that is emitted from these things. And if you look across the country, horse racing CAFOs are actually some of the most um, fined by the EPA for violations. Um, so there aren't any sort of CAFOs like Harris Ranch on the I-5 or some of these mega egg farms in Sonoma County, which house 700,000 chickens at any given time. Um, but we did get a bill introduced at the state level a couple of years ago, AB 2764, which would have enacted a moratorium on factory farms across the state. And just two weeks before that was supposed to be voted on in the agriculture committee, I was notified that they weren't going to vote on it. Never got a response. No, 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 no. Now, I wish I had $20 million for a statewide ballot initiative, but I don't. Um, we do have all these dedicated people here, which spent tons of time collecting the signatures, and which is why we're taking it here to city council and to the people of Berkeley. And we're hoping this snowballs just like the fur ban did here. Started here, started in L.A. You and L.A. were the first two cities that did that, and then it quickly snowballed to where the state of California became the first state to get rid of fur. And in the past, both the city council here and the city council in Albany has stated that the state constitution enshrines horse racing. There's nothing we can do. But now there is something that you can do. You Like, <laughs> there's no excuse now. So please do this. This would help us out a lot, as Amir was saying, with the initiative in Sonoma County, if we're able to say, hey, Berkeley's already done this, they took a stand against this, please move this back to action. Thank you so much. Thank you. Next speaker. Uh, my name is Nilufar Shambayati. I'm a resident of Berkeley. And um, I had emailed you all, and I hope you had spent some time reading it, why this has to be done now rather than um, wait till one year from now, so I don't repeat myself um, on that. Um, but you council members would do us a great disservice by postponing this and the city as well, because you know, you're gonna spend a lot of money on it, time, energy, money for what? So that maybe the voters would not vote in this, would not pass this, the initiative, would that make you happy? It would certainly disappoint a lot of people, residents of Berkeley. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with the uh, Golden Gate Fields. Whether they're going to stay or not, whether they're going to be, um, what was that? Whether they're going to be uh, replaced by a more cruel um, business or not. But what is most important is that the city of Berkeley has to reject and speak out against the cruel animal agriculture industry and motivate other cities, other localities to do the same. We must not support, we must not support violence against other human beings and our non-human Kins, 2,500 years ago, this is very important, 2,500 years ago, Pythagoras warned people that as long as men massacre animals, 
they will continue to kill each other. And this is what we are seeing today and being traumatized, as the lady said. Thank you. So please reconsider and pass it as an ordinance. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker. My name is my name is Michael Mendez. I'm a Berkeley resident, but I'm going to give my minutes. Uh, Hi, my name is Carla Cabral. Thank you so much for allowing me to speak. I, I don't know all of you the way that some of my colleagues do, but you seem like kind people from what I'm seeing today. Probably people who would consider themselves to be animal lovers, but it it really breaks my heart to see that more lives will be unnecessarily lost because you've chosen not to pass this factory farm bill today. While I was out collecting signatures with my fellow colleagues here, residents of Berkeley were shocked and outraged, like Curtis said, to find out that their beautiful city would ever allow such a thing. And they overwhelmingly supported banning CAFOs, not just in Berkeley, but in general. And Golden Gate Fields is a CAFO. We know this. We have proof. It's not in question. Hundreds of horses, sometimes over a thousand at a time, are kept in spaces so small that they can barely turn around for the entirety of their life, as short as it often is. I have seen the animals suffering firsthand. And I think many of you understand that once you have witnessed this level of cruelty, you will do anything to stop it and stop it now. So I urge you to go back and reconsider. Pass this bill immediately to send a message that Berkeley continues to be a place that will not tolerate oppression, abuse, or exploitation to anyone, human or non-human. So I'm asking you right now, I am asking, will you please move this back to an action item? Okay. For all of us here, we can get an answer. Thank you. The vice mayor has asked me just to take over for a moment. Um, so the next speaker can come and we have many speakers. So I'm going to ask everybody to respect the time limit. And I will ask you to stop speaking when your time is up. Thank you. Hi, my name is Cassie King. I'm a resident of Berkeley. I just want to use my minute to ask, will anyone be taking this off the consent calendar, given the reasons you've already heard and many, many, many more reasons that we don't need to use this time offering if that can happen? We don't engage in a back and forth, but thank you for your comment. So we'll just go through everyone because there won't be an opportunity until the end to have it taken off. Correct. Consent calendar. Yeah, we'll take all the comment and then if a council member wishes to, they will. But we just take your comment. We don't engage in a back and forth. Okay, just trying to spare your time. Um, but to spare more horse, horses deaths and to end the political game that Golden Gate Fields is playing of staying open <laughs> until we force them to close. This is a non-controversial step that the public is asking for. 
and I'm confused why we would delay it any longer and waste more time. Thank you. Thank you. Next. And if you guys can approach a little closer, um, just so that we can move through the comments a little faster. Go ahead. You have a minute. Thank you yes. so much. Uh, could I um, somebody say thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak? But I think as a citizen, it's my right to speak for the views and, and beliefs that I have and the work that I have been doing collecting signatures to pass this initiative on the ballot. But you guys have uh, the power in you guys to like pass it tonight. It will be amazing. Like everybody has talked about justice and this and that, but nobody's talking about justice for the animals. Why we're not talking about justice for the animals? Berkeley is a very progressive city, so it doesn't make sense that we have to see more horses dying. This year alone, there has been 15 horses dead, 15. And these past two weeks, we have four horses that die because of a sport, so-called sport, that supports gambling and addiction to citizens. We had to start thinking about more compassion to ourselves and to the animals. Me as a parent, I want to bring compassion to my kids, and I wish that you can help Thank me. Thank you so that. much. Thank you. Please come forward. You have one minute. Thank Hello. you. My name is Priscilla Brown. I've worked in Berkeley for over 30 years. I'm a psychiatric social worker here. And I just would like to urge you to pass this ordinance tonight. Uh, Two, two reasons. One is that over um, four horses died at Golden Gate Fields just last month. And if it's also, if it were passed tonight, it sets a precedent for Sonoma County so that they can then uh, ban uh, CAFOs in their county as well. Thank you very much. Thank you. Next speaker, please. Come on up. You have one minute and you can you can approach closer. It's fine to stand closer by so we can move through the line more quickly. Thank you. Go ahead. Good evening, council members. Hi, my name is Rocky, and I, along with many others, as you can see, have spent many months uh, collecting signatures for a capo band in Berkeley and talking to amazing voters and non-voters alike. There's a reason why we were able to collect nearly 5,000 signatures in this city within a short time span, because individuals we talk to understand very well that we are in a climate crisis. We have a very corrupted relationship with animals, and we might at any moment face the next pandemic from swine flu, SARS, and mad cow disease, among many others that we've experienced in the past. And we, and with that, we need to take action, not not next year or a few decades from now, but now. And this is where all of you in this council come in. This is not a controversial measure, and this is, and we need to end factory farming, not tomorrow, but now. And I call all of you to put this back to action and to adopt this ordinance. Thank you. Thank you so much. Next speaker. You have one minute. Thank you. I, my name is Alex and uh, Alexander Taylor. I live in Berkeley and I talked to a lot of registered Berkeley voters about this issue and it's just really um, not controversial. Like everybody wants this and I hope you guys are able to, or I urge you to please like move this back onto the action calendar on, and vote on it now. Thank you. Thank you, next speaker. One minute, thank you. Hi, my name is Rebecca Robinson. 
Um, I just moved here from Wisconsin in June, in part because of the activist culture here and your history. Um, it's inspiring. Thank you for being a beacon for activists across the country, um, for all the work that you've done here and for leading the country in so many areas. One of the areas that's important, of course, is the ban on CAFOs. Tonight, you have the opportunity to pass that to once again lead the country. Um, please move this to the action agenda and vote on it tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, um, my name is Sanjeev Vishpande. I'm a resident of Berkeley. You know, I love these people out here. You know, they're very socially conscious, intelligent people in Berkeley. I've been inside KFOS, and although the term sounds nice, you know, feeding operations, but these are, I've been inside them. You know, they are just concentration camps for exploitation and abuse of animals. Anyone who supports them should go take a look inside them. There's nothing good about them. I would not like to see KFOs in Berkeley now or in the future. Uh, please uh, vote to ban the KFOs in Berkeley. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker, if we could please hold our applause. Thank you. We don't we don't take the applause or booze or anything, so we we can just let the speakers go ahead without that. Thank you. Hi, my name is Leo Chia. I'm also a resident of Berkeley. Uh, I think. Uh, CAFOs in general are horrific places, and sure, we've said CAFOs are, should be gone and all that, and maybe everyone here is asking, what's the alternative? Well, the alternative is pretty simple, is that we actually don't need animals or their flesh to survive. I mean, you need animals for biodiversity, but not, not for food. Uh, so I urge you to do the right thing and put... Uh, this back on the action item. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker. Hi, my name is Matthew Zerbel. I'll try and be brief for time. I just encourage you to uh, vote on this tonight. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hello, my name is Daryl D'Souza, resident of Berkeley. Please vote on this tonight. Thank you. Thank you. My name is Matthew McKeefrey, and I'm asking you to please vote on this tonight. Hello, my name is Tania Campos Suarez. I've been living in Berkeley for seven years now, and I heard a lot of conversations about Berkeley standing united against hate today. All of you donated, talked about it for a long time, but I want to ask you, what about everyone who is hurt by Golden Gate Fields, the people who struggle with addiction, the animals who are dying, the workers who have to be there in those conditions? So please do the right thing, move it to the action calendar, and adopt it today. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, my name is Angelica Barakat, and I stand here today as both a resident of the city of Berkeley for over six years now, but also I stand here before you as a Palestinian person. I urge you to please pass this CAFO, CAFO ban today, November 7, 2023. Systems of oppression are all linked. As innocent children and people are being bombed every day in Gaza, which I urge you to also take formal action to condemn. Animals are also being needlessly murdered. Here in Berkeley, our beautiful city of Berkeley, they're horses. Again, I urge you to please pass this CAFO ban today and do your part in stopping this egregious, needless violence. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker. 
Hi, my name is Yenny Martin. I urge you to please pass this ordinance tonight. Um, if you make the decision to pass it tonight, you can directly save the lives of many horses. If we wait a year to pass this, um, we're letting many horses die, essentially. So, um, yeah, you have the choice to prevent that from happening. Um, and also, as people have um, said before, we know how important it is to ban CAFOs and doing this here in Berkeley will set the precedent for other cities and counties like Sonoma County. Um, we know how essential it is for climate change, for um, preventing these horrific abuses against animals, also preventing farm worker exploitation, preventing um, um, environmental uh, pollutants from affecting our communities. So please pass the ordinance tonight. Thank you. Next speaker. My name is Lewis. I'm a factory farm investigator and a Berkeley resident. I've been in dozens of factory farms all over the country. And uh, my friend Wayne right now is in jail in Sonoma County for investigating factory farms and for uh, rescuing animals from factory farms. And I would urge everyone here, if you don't think this is an important issue, uh, open invitation. I will take you inside of a CAFO. Um, within an hour of here, I'll show you what it's like inside. I know how to get in. I've been inside dozens. Um, and you can see for yourself that it's a, a very important issue for the animals that are suffering inside. It's extremely urgent and you have an immense amount of power right now to make a difference. Hi, my name is Kathy and I just want to urge you to put this back on the action items and to pass it tonight. Thank you. Hey y'all, I'm Robbie Cortez. I work here in Berkeley. And uh, please put it back on the action items, um, ban factory farms, the horses are dying, save a horse, ride a cowboy. Hi, my name is Tor. I'm a Berkeley resident and a student at Cal. I urge you to put it back on the action calendar because it's urgent. Uh, animals are currently suffering at Golden Gate Fields uh, stables and people are also suffering with addiction from this horrific place. So please put it back on the action calendar. Thank you. Next speaker, please. My name is Conrad DeJesus and I urge uh, the council here to look at the vote and please pass it. Thank you very much. Hi, my name is Katia. I live in Berkeley. I support banning CAFOs in Berkeley, and I ask that you please take it off consent and move it to the action calendar. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker, please. Hi, my name is Diana, and I've lived in Berkeley since the 70s, early <clears throat> 72. And I really urge you to save some horses' lives by passing this, this ordinance tonight. Thank you. Next comment, please. Hi, my name is Nick. I'm a Berkeley resident. I ask that uh, you please move this to action uh, tonight. And uh, Golden Gate Field stands in stark contrast to Berkeley's values. And it's a stand on Berkeley's existence. And you can change that right now. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker. Hello, my name is Taylor. And I ask that you pass this ordinance tonight. Thank you. Next speaker, please. 
Hi, my name is Antonelle Rosellis. I was born in Berkeley. I support adopting this measure directly tonight. Not only would passing this ordinance set a precedent, but it would prevent more horses from being killed at Golden Gate Fields. We have already collected over 17,000 signatures for a factory farm ban in Sonoma County. You all have the ability to set this precedent tonight. So please move this from consent to action calendar and adopt it today. Thank you. Hello, my name is Alana Duhan. I'm a 30 year Berkeley resident and uh, in Susan Wengraff's district. And I urge you to please take this off the, um, please pass the resolution tonight. Thank you. Thank you, next speaker. Hi, my name is Tyler Livingston. Um, I ask you to return the issue back to the action calendar for a vote um, to prevent more deaths, protect our community and save everyone resources. Thank you. Hi, my name is Ellie. I'm a Berkeley resident kind of nearby here. Um, I would also urge you to add the um, this back to the um, action items and pass it um, in like activism and politics and culture things move pretty fast and a year can make a big difference berkeley is the center of progressive activism and i think if we pass this it can make a big difference in moving things forward um i also um completely separately but well not really but separately would like to also echo some other voices um asking to take some kind of action regarding the ongoing ethnic cleansing in Gaza, which is happening at the complicity of the United States. Thank you. Hello, my name's Anthony Jones, and I urge you to pass this ordinance to ban CAFOs tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker. Hi, my name is Jessica Pickett, and I ask you to move this back to the action calendar for a vote tonight. I wish that I had the power to pass this on my own, but I don't. So I need you guys to consider doing that tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker. Hi, my name is Michaela and I urge you to pass the factory farm ban tonight. Thank you. Next speaker. Uh, related to Golden Gate Fields, as we go into community agency funding allocations, I hope the council will look towards CBOs that will serve the displaced workers and their families and providing services and job retraining. Um, also, that Golden Gate Fields is um, is fully explored in terms of a possible purchase or collaboration to address homeless housing needed and creative solutions with shelters. Thank you. First of all, uh, animal farming is horrible. The conditions, but scientifically speaking, uh, hundreds of millions of tons of methane gas are produced by farm animals. And you know, Methane gas, which is CH4, is 90 times as effective in global warming than, than carbon dioxide. Take that in consideration because that will affect all of us. We're killing ourselves by global warming, by CO2, and worse, methane gas. Thank you very much. Thank you. Any other speakers? 
Mr. Clerk, are we going to take the people online or no? Yep. Okay. <laughs> this might get hairy. First speaker is Kit Saganor. Thank you very much for taking my call. This is Kit, Sag Kit Saganor. I, I live in um, um, Vice Mayor Bartlett's district. Um, I was looking through the information on the CAPO, CAPO and what I didn't see was exactly what it covers. For instance, there it's definitely uh, aimed at large operations, but it can cover very small uh, farming operations as well, it, depending on various things. And it's not that clear on what it depends on. So a question I had is whether a little farm in Tilden Park could be considered uh, a, a feeding of uh, domestic of uh, um, you know animal husbandry, and it, it would be perhaps also something that would be closed possibly in the future uh, as a result of this. I don't think that's the intent, but I, I would like to see that that was clearer in the information before voting on it. Thank you so much. Thank you, uh, Mr. Clerk. Okay, uh, next is Jeff Baker. Hi, uh, this is Jeff Baker. I, I'd like to speak on item number four, which is the apparatus for the fire department. Um, I, I think you should consider moving it to the action calendar, and there's a few reasons for that. Uh, throughout this year, we've heard uh, that the reason that we can't have safe streets for all ages and abilities is because the fire department needs enough room to maneuver their equipment. And we haven't really heard whether the equipment that they intend to buy is compatible with the city's safe streets goals. Uh, we've also heard that they want to spend $350 million to make the fire stations larger. Partly that is justified by making or buying larger apparatus. So this is all, I think, uh, actually a pretty important decision. Um, the other reason is it really doesn't smell like good government when the uh, fire chief brings to the city the idea of buying a fire truck that he happens to know about. I think for something that this expensive, it should go through an RFP. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker. Uh, next speaker is, oops, Christopher Kroll. Uh, thank you, council members. Um, yeah, I want to speak on, on the CAFO issue, and, and I just want to say that Berkeley has a very shameful history here that has been, Golden Gate Fields has been open, and horses have been dying there um, for approximately 80 years. And this has largely been either in the city of Albany at the track or it's been in the stables, which is on the city of Berkeley property. I'd like to acknowledge Compassionate Bay and direct action everywhere for this taking this action. Um, something needs to be done um, to, to address this ongoing abuse and carnage and death of horses at um, Golden Gate Field. Seven horses have died just since mid-September, 15 since January. And there are rumors that Golden Gate Fields does not intend actually to leave, and they are looking for a way to figure out how to stay. So it's really important that you take action as soon as possible. And if you can move this back under the action calendar and take action tonight, that would be a very strong message that the city of Berkeley does not tolerate this kind of abuse on the territory of the city of Berkeley any longer. Thank you. Thank you. Next caller. Tony 
Uh, good evening. Uh, it's Tony Mester. Um, I'd like to speak to um, something that um, Council Member Harrison mentioned in passing, which is potential collapse of I-80 if the tide tubes are not fixed. It's very important to allocate this money so we can get matching funds from federal highway uh, funds. Why do we face the a possible collapse of I-80? Not if, but when. And that's because when the tie tubes were cleaned, the engineers discovered that the central tie tubes, which are now 90 years old, when the highway was uh, two or four lanes, are made of clay. And as the uh, highway was expanded with lanes, Caltrans made con added concrete, but the central part of the tide tubes are clay, and uh, it's a matter of time before they collapse. So let's get that money and matching funds, okay? Thanks so much. Thank you, Tony. Uh, next caller. Makai Freeman. Good afternoon, Council. I am requesting an ADA accommodation to give my public comment on agenda items, not on on items, not on the agendas. There was no public notice of person to still letting me have to request the conference instead of waiting to the end of the council meeting to get public comment that people did in person. Not having idiot disclaimers discourages like me who need hybrid participation for COVID and because we have physical disability conditions which the ADA provides for so I'm gonna ask the attorney if I can have an ADA accounting to give my comment instead of waiting out like everyone did for any question able to get another like to have a response. Thank you. Next caller. Next is Frank uh, Frank R. Thank you. Uh, this is Frank Rothschild. I'm the director of the Center for Contemporary Equine Studies in Woodside. We are the leading organization that supports DXC. And my comment is the CAFO proposal does not, cannot support the 1,100 estimated horses that would need to be rescued or the sanctuary of those horses. So they will be as a standard operating procedure for what I know as a fact is the um, denouement of horses that cannot compete uh, profitably. They will be 
ultimately slaughter, or at least a significant number of them, and there is no provision in the Thank I can you. continue if you want, but um, I'm, I admire uh, DXE's um, initiative, but it is not, uh, it's misdirected in terms of the ability to house and provide sanctuary for the 1,100 some odd horses that are currently at Golden Gate Fields and also the workers who are the caretakers for those horses. So that's... Um, that's my comment, and, and we'll follow up with DXE on that issue because it's misdirected or Thank premature. Thank you. Thank you very much. Next caller. Uh, next is Aaron Dean. Hi, good evening, Council. Um, I'm here to speak on item 16, and I want to thank my council member, Kate Harrison, for this timely item, and also for council members Kaplan and Wingraff for signing on. Um, this is the Tide Tubes at Aquatic Park and supporting the grant application. I am the vice chair of the Park Track and Waterfront Commission, but I'm speaking as an individual. And I can just tell you this is a great importance to the community when there was the atmospheric river recently and there was a major die-off the commission received an outpouring of letters and uh, public comment asking for improvements to be made at the park and we know that there have been uh, at least a half a million dollars of t1 funds already committed to cleaning out the tide tubes which as tony mester mentioned that happened and now the next during the clean out they found that the tubes are made of clay and they are at deep risk of collapsing which would cause an environmental disaster. Basically, aquatic park would become like a big tub where the water would not flow in and out and it could take years to fix. So please do support this referral and I thank you very much. Thank you. Next caller. Next is um, uh, Paul Picklesheimer. Hi, thank you. My name is Paul Dorman Picklesheimer. I'm a Berkeley resident since 2016, and I'd like to thank everyone for their time tonight. And I'd like to thank the council who thanked the people who gathered all those signatures uh, for the CAFO ban. Uh, I'm one of them. I got a, just 100, not too many, but I was honored to take part in that historic process. And I'm glad we have the process available to us because if the council's ever being incredibly unreasonable or something, then we have the ballot measure process to bring the issue up ourselves and handle it as a community. And uh, this is not a case of that, in my opinion. Uh, like Kate, uh, Councilperson Harrison said, uh, she plans to vote yes when it shows up on the ballot. And I expect every other member of council would too, because it's just not controversial. Of, of course, we'd like to ban concentrated animal feeding operations in the beautiful city of Berkeley. Um, but now what I, I think has happened is the people who have gathered the, those signatures have put the council in a position to go ahead and just repay them, show thanks, and just do the right thing. Just go ahead and vote on it and pass it and just save everybody a whole year's worth of not having this legislation in effect. Thank you. Thank you. Next caller, please. Next is Leah Cohen. Hi, yeah, I wanted to say I, I, I don't support the resolution on the uh, Port Chicago 50. And you keep using the word work when they were not working. They were uh, service members. So, you know, 
Next caller. Next is Darnell Simmons. Hello. Hello. Yes. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. I want to talk real quick. That last nigga, hey, that Rothschild. Yeah. I was wondering if I get a record contract with that dude. Okay. No more calls. That being said, uh, I want I want to say I, I I was moved by by what I heard tonight from the from the people here. Um, I did not quite understand all the parameters of the measure until you explained it. Um, you know, I was I was like, we're talking about Golden Fields. What are you talking about here? But uh, I, it makes sense to me. I get it. And so you know, I I, re- I want to reward your effort. Uh, I, I can't speak for my colleagues, but I'm gonna at least attempt to make a motion here to uh, take it off consent. Bring it back to action, and let's talk about it. <laughs> I will. I will do that as well. But I'm number two in the queue. I didn't know if someone was ahead of me. Sorry, Councilor Hahn. I think you're. I had spoken previously. Okay. Sorry, that was left over. I think you can speak. Okay. Um, yeah, I'd like to do that as well, just for purpose of discussion. I, I will tell you my main concern is at this moment is just centered on the legality of the measure, how it's written. We don't have an independent uh, legal analysis of the measure. And normally for something that we would vote on, we would have that, and we don't have that before us. So it's kind of put me in a really difficult position. Um, I'm not sure what to do about that. So I, I just want to be honest with you, that's where my dilemma is. Point of point of order, um, Vice Mayor uh, Bartlett, can you clarify? Uh, does this require three votes in order to pull it off consent? Yes, it does. It requires three. Okay, thank you. I think we're at two right now. Are we at two? <laughs> okay. All right. With that, I guess we can move to. Approve the consent calendar as is. A motion to approve as amended. Second. The consent calendar with the addition of the mayor's uh, urgency item. Okay. And the uh, original action of the initiative petition to stay on consent to uh, place it on the ballot. Just to be clear, uh, on the consent calendar, Councilmember Kesarwani. Yes. Kaplan. Yes. Bartlett. Yes. Harrison. Yes. Hahn. Yes. Wengraff. Yes. Robinson. Yes. Humbert. Yes. And the mayor is absent. The motion carries. Okay. The consent calendar is approved. Deal with the changes. What? We should take a, a uh, 10 minute break? caption or break. Okay. Let's take a break. 10 minutes.
Recording stopped.
Recording in progress. Sorry, what? No, no, um, just um, uh, we can proceed to the action calendar. That's all. Okay. We have returned. Uh, next up, our one remaining item on the action calendar. Uh, this is the report on ALPR technology. Or, and who's going to present this? Um, thank you, Vice Mayor. Um, Chief Lewis is here this evening to answer questions that you may have. Thank you. So, uh, I believe uh, Councilman Harrison had some issues, yeah? Yeah. Um, I, I kind of make the same comments every time about this report, and I wish I didn't have to, but I'm going to make the same ones again. Um, I do appreciate the fact we adopted these new policies for ALPRs and the shortened retention period, and the policies are much better than they were in the past. Um, the, but I have to say we're still not getting the reports that I expect to see based on the surveillance ordinance, which asks the question that we evaluate the cost and benefit of surveillance technologies. And those costs and benefits are not just financial. They're also cost to civil liberties, uh, et cetera. So um, now that we have the ALPRs for parking, and they clearly include pursuing silver and amber and blue alerts and dealing with stolen vehicles, um, and they also deal with retroactive querying of criminal for criminal investigations, um, I feel like to say in the report, as this report does, that because they aren't used only for timed parking enforcement, they can't assess the cost. Well, the cost of these ALPRs is actually the difference between what it used to cost us to give these tickets before we had ALPRs and what it costs us to give these tickets now that we have ALPRs. So that leads me to the questions, because a lot of the logic of using ALPRs was not just fighting crime or these silver alerts, et cetera. It was efficiency. So one of the bases of the surveillance ordinance is to ask, is this making us more efficient? Do we have, now we have 22 parking control officers. Is that more or less than before we had the technology? Are we being more efficient by using these cameras? Are we catching more parking scoff laws, to use a terrible term? Um, in terms of non-financial costs, what effect, if any, has there been on privacy rights? There's no reflection on that in this report at all. Have there been complaints? That's something that's specifically called out in the surveillance ordinance that has to be addressed. Uh, complaints from residents about misidentified vehicles, for example, or that complaints that may not have been conducted in terms of uh, properly not taking pictures of children, getting out of cars, that kind of thing. Um, did we share this data with any other law enforcement agencies or third parties? You're required under the surveillance ordinance to tell us that, and you don't. And you're also required to tell us the geographic deployment of ALPRs for parking enforcement. Are there certain areas of the city receiving more parking enforcement than others? So, I really want to just encourage you, and I don't think you need to answer this now, that the next time we get this report, it's not just we have this many hits. That doesn't answer the question, what are the economic and non-economic costs and benefits of the technology? I actually believe there is an economic benefit. I just would like to see that spelled out. Um, I do have concerns about, as you know, I always do, about surveillance technologies and their impact on civil liberties. I'd like to know what complaints we've received. 
and whether we've had any court cases that evolve out of this technology. Is there anything we should be doing differently in terms of protecting privacy? That's kind of the purpose of this report. How is it going with this technology? Not, I did this many hits. So I don't know if you have any comments on that, Chief, but I'd really like to see this part beefed up. I really appreciate the other sections were great. We had a good report on the, the use of the drone um, and that you used a warrant um, in that case. Um, and I thought that was a very helpful report. Some of the other technologies technologies were spelled out well, but this one with the ALPRs, I don't, I just don't feel like I'm getting enough information to evaluate them. Yeah. Uh- Good evening, first of all, Council. Uh, thank you, uh, Councilmember Harrison, for uh, again very thoughtfully looking at these surveillance ordinance items. I know uh, two years ago when we uh, brought this report to Council, you had a lot of great feedback on making sure we hit the various categories that are specifically called out in the ordinance and make sure uh, that we articulated those things well. Um, and so I would be uh, more than happy to meet with you um, before we report the next report and talk a little bit more about the ways we might get at this kind of analysis that you're talking about as far as evaluating costs and benefits of the technology. I think you're absolutely right. There's um, uh, costs that are, are not uh, dollars and cents. Um, and, you know, we would probably look have to look at some kind of maybe formal assessment, um, you know, and, and the cost of that assessment and, and what exactly we could uh, glean from that information and, and what our goals were. Um, it's certainly something we can explore. Um, to do, you know, a kind of a formal process to look at the efficiencies that we've we've developed. There's a, um, you know, a number of different factors that feed into, um, you know, personnel numbers. You named one, um, but also coverage areas and and uh, the uh, current staffing levels and how we're we're tasking people out to do different uh, responsibilities that will come into play. So having a formal way to look at it will be extremely valuable. Uh, I did want to uh, point um, to, I, I know there's a lot buried in these reports. They're they're cumbersome to prepare, but important to cover. Um, there is information in there about complaints received. Uh, we have not received any lawsuits or um, complaints to our department about the use of any of our technologies that are listed in these reports. Um, I apologize if that wasn't clearly articulated enough in the reports. We can certainly look at uh, making sure that's clear next time. Uh, again, thank you for the comments, and, and uh, these are always evolving, and, and the goal really is to make sure that there's adequate transparency and, and robust enough information that you all are able to make continued decisions around the technologies that we use. Thank you very much for that, and I think it becomes particularly important as we're now going to deploy the ALPRs and the fixed cameras um, outside of the parking context, so this will become an even bigger area where we're using technology and we just I want to make sure that we get the information that's called for in the ordinance. So thank you. Thank you, uh, Councilmember Humbert. Yes, I'd like to move to approve the report. Second. Councilmember Hahn? Yeah, I just I think we usually we don't approve it. We accept it. I think is would you accept a friendly amendment to accept the report? I sure would. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. And has it been seconded? Yes. And who is the seconder? Would yes. you accept that? Yes, I accept. Thank you. Okay, we can call the roll. Public comment. Of course. Uh, public comment on this item. Hi, again. 
I'm always careful in following through on something like this and look down the road to see the potential of what could happen, such as the technology developed such that some of these, especially the body-worn cameras, um, it doesn't take much more than an app sometimes to make them a facial recognition device. There are apps that can do that. And um, I'm especially concerned now during these trials and tribulations where um, the Palestine support group, of which I am one who supports Palestine 100%, I feel like there's a genocide going on there that's going to be reflection, reflecting here in the in the states, in that some states, some countries already are banning Palestinian flags, Palestinian speech in support of. And it's possible that the body-worn camera thing can be used to identify Palestinian activists, their license plates, this, that, and the other. So um, rather than go on into something that many of you might consider paranoid, I would ask that you please pay attention to possible misuse, abuse, both conscious and unconscious, by local police, county police, state police, national police. Um, Please be aware that um, this can expand really quickly. Thank you. Thank you. Any other speakers? Sure. On this uh, license plate reader technology item. Just in general. Okay. No. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. All right. Um, with that, any online comments? Nope. Okay. All right. So with that, I guess we uh, have one last. Let's call the roll. Call the roll to accept the the report on item nineteen, Councilmember Kesserwani. Yes. Kaplan? Yes. Bartlett? Yes. Harrison? Yes. Hahn? Yes. Wengraff? Yes. Robinson? Yes. Humbert? Yes. And Mayor Aragine is absent. Okay. okay so with that, uh, any any public comment on non-agenda matters? Yep. Okay. Yes. So, Mr. Bartlett, I just want to address you real quick. I had a, a meeting scheduled with you last week, and I don't appreciate you throwing me out. Remember, we talked to the toll council um, about So it. here, you know, I have some time, right? Yeah, but you address the body so, as a whole, not individuals, including myself. So then Thank I'm you. addressing everybody. So uh, what you should expect from me is an email um, just recapping my meeting with the vice mayor. And I would have expected a little bit more from you, to be honest rather than just telling me uh, to set me up with a vendor account to take care of your two dead plants in the lobby when I made a remark, uh, this looks like it might be a moral um, reflection of what is going on here. Um, And then on top of that, you had the audacity to mock my disability, and I didn't really appreciate that, okay? And um, I am here tonight to let you know that I'm offering 
uh, I would like to volunteer to take care of your plants on the fifth floor. Um, that was an absolute harassment to tell me that you would have James Shang set me up with a vendor account and he left me stranded, turned around and he just, and I call you arrogant. So um, I want to see if we can somehow remedy the whole situation. The reason I came and asked for a meeting was because I'm not being heard here in the city. I stopped paying rent two years ago, uh, uh, hoping to get an eviction notice. Uh, that would have been the only way for me to be heard, but that didn't happen. And so I tried to address the issue in a different manner, but this is also not happening. I'm being harassed, including by the police department, and this needs to stop. Um, and so, but I'm here tonight to offer my services for free um, to the city of Berkeley. I would like to take care of your dead plants in City Hall. And I actually used to do that for a living at the Hotel Drisco in San Francisco. So I would like you to take me seriously on my offer to you. Thank you. What is, are you mocking me, Sophie Hahn? No, I'm saying that would be awesome. Okay, very good. I'm Thank welcoming you. you. Yeah. I'm and thanking so, you. And I, I think, Mr. Bartlett, okay, I cannot really, you. you need to step it down a notch. Okay. Seriously. Thank you. Yeah. So any other one, any other speakers in the room? Okay, so I guess we'll we'll try our luck on the phones one last time. Makai. Thank you. Um, I want to state a comment in the front of that line in support of the Center for Independent Living. I'm not sure. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? No. Hello? She did speak previously during consent on non-agenda. Hello? Motion to adjourn. Motion. Motion to adjourn. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? No. Okay, motion to adjourn. Second. Roll call, okay. please. To adjourn. Councilmember Kesarwani? Yes. Kaplan? Yes. Bartlett? Yes. Harrison? Yes. Hahn? Yes. Wengraff? Yes. No. Is. Like Councilmember Wengraff? Yes. Councilmember Robinson? Yes. Humbert? Yes. Well deserved rest. Uh, Mayor Aragine is absent. We are adjourned.